Hi, everybody. Welcome to Off the Podium. If you're in Model United Nations, you know that a lot of the time, us delegates are required to refrain from using personal pronouns and maintain professionalism. Well, this podcast is going to be defying all those rules. We'll be keeping you up to date on parliamentary procedure, as well as informing you on current affairs in realms of politics, entertainment, technology, and science with a simple and casual approach. It's never been more important to stay informed, so we hope you'll keep up with us. So let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast. One of the most important conferences in Model UN is state. Um, This is what we prepare for, and as you know, it's a three-day conference. Even though this year we're probably not going to have an in-person state conference, it's still good to know about it for future reference. So today I'm just going to go in-depth about what happens and what to expect. So for us, for the past three years, state has been at the Shops of Legacy, and so it's really close by for us. Um, But in state, you'll have people from all over. You'll have people from Houston, from Dallas. So it's a really good experience and you get to have um, really good interactions and you get to meet so many new people. Um, So on the first day you come in and you check in at the table. You don't really get to go up to your rooms just yet. They kind of have strict timings for when you can go up. So there is like a designated place for you to keep your luggage. And then you move on to your opening ceremonies. So here, it's really fun. It's like a three-course dinner. And there's usually a guest speaker. And they talk about really important topics and issues. And their presentations are just, they're so insightful. And um, just so important to know about. And it's, it's always an amazing presentation. And there's also a dance performance that happens. And these are always really fun. Um and they're just beautiful and the entire thing I think goes on for about two to three hours and then you usually move on to your committees sometimes the first day it's just icebreakers and sometimes you'll you know actually go in and start start the committee and start giving topic speeches so you just kind of have to read the room and see what everyone wants and if they want to start then you know you got to be on your a-game and start giving speeches, and start talking to people, and come up with ideas, and start those resolution-related discussions. Even though it might not feel like it, the first day is really important. A lot of the times, people will just start talking, and they'll click, and they'll see that their country stances align, so they'll start forming the resolution writing groups. So it's still important for you to participate on the first day. Now, Everyone's experience is different. Sometimes you'll barely get to topic speeches, and sometimes you'll be writing and editing your resolution that same night. So it just kind of depends on the people in your group. Um, on the second day, this is your designated committee day. It's kind of an early morning for sure, um, because you know you have to get ready and look professional as well. So after that, you just you know after you get ready, you go downstairs. And there's breakfast provided for you. And I think there's also a Starbucks there. So everyone just goes in and grabs a coffee as well. Um, And then after you've had your breakfast, you move into your committees. From here on out, it's basically what we've been practicing. You know, you follow the parliamentary procedure. You go through each step. 
and you give speeches, you start those debates, and you write your resolutions. Uh, the expectation is for you to finish your first topic before lunch um, because in state there is a time crunch and you don't have that much time. And, you know, as we've said before, the first topic usually gets more attention and more time. So it's still important, however, to save some time for the second um, topic. So usually you want to be done uh, before lunch break, like, ha- you know, through the entire voting procedures as well. So for lunch break, you can either go sit with your school or some people will actually start forming groups for the second topic and start discussing ideas. Now, you don't have to do this, but again, like I said, there's a time crunch. So if you can, um, it's a good idea. It never hurts because it's just going to save time and then make the entire, you know, like the writing process go a little bit faster. Um, so yeah, you have your lunch and then you go back to your committees and again, you go through the parliamentary procedure and finish debating your resolutions. So after committee has ended, we have a group dinner. Um, and so the entire Reedy High School month, um, we will choose a restaurant and we'll have dinner there. So definitely bring some money. And for this part, you just wear casual clothes. So also bring those. And, you know, you just get to talk and share some crazy stories about your committee. And then after dinner, we go back to the hotel and they have a bunch of stuff there. And this is just time to, you know, let loose and have fun and just hang out with your friends. There is also a dance floor and there is also rooms with board games and origami stations. Um, Or there will be like rooms with really huge group games. So it's really fun, Um, and yeah, that's the second day. So the third day is very short. We are usually done by like 12.30, 12.45. This is General Assembly. You just go through and present the resolutions that were passed in um, each committee. So except for security councils, every other resolution will go through the debating process again uh, to pass the resolutions in the General Assembly. So that is it. State is really fun, even if it is um, three days. It definitely does not feel like it. And it's an amazing experience. So if you get the chance, definitely go to state. Let's get into some current events. This is the week of January 17th. A few days ago on January 14th, The United Nations Environment Program, or UNEP, released a 2020 Adaptation Gap Report. So the publication of this report began in 2014 under the 13th UN Sustainable Development Goal, or uh, the 13th SDG, which is climate action. The goal of these reports is to assess national and international progress uh, related to climate change. So there are two sections of this document. The first has general quantitative and qualitative assessments, and it doesn't really change much from year to year. It's just kind of like the general assessment each year. And the second section is the part of the report that's more specific to each year. So for this past year of 2020, 
The report explored nature-based solutions, such as maintaining biodiversity and restoring natural ecosystems. So in a news release for the 2020 report, the UNEP executive director, Inger Anderson, said that the hard truth is that climate change is upon us. He continued to say, its impacts will intensify and hit vulnerable countries and communities the hardest, even if we meet the Paris Agreement goals of holding global warming this century to well below 2 degrees Celsius and pursuing 1.5 degrees Celsius. So to make a meaningful change, all countries must commit to adapting and implementing new efforts to combat this issue of climate change. However, if even if countries commit, the financing of these efforts is a huge part of the issue. Right now, the cost in developing countries for implementing the plans will be around $70 billion, but the UN projects that this figure could reach $300 billion in just nine years and $500 billion by 2050. So while 75, 75% of nations have this solid plan in place, the financing is, quote, far short of what is needed. The UN Secretary General has said that half of all global climate finance needs to be put towards the plan outlined in this Adaptation Gap report. So like I mentioned before, nature-based solutions are a huge part of the 2020 report. And the good thing is that these are fairly low cost. So there are four major climate funds, those uh, that you know provide money for these projects. So the Global Environment Facility, or GEF, the Green Climate Fund, the GCF, the Adaptation Fund, and the International Climate Initiative, or the IKI. So their cumul cumulative funding provides uh, around $94 billion, and only $12 billion was uh, spent on nature-based solutions, which is clearly just you know a small fraction of what was provided, so that's good. Um, so while it is true that the pandemic has decreased emissions by about 7% due to less travel and less industrial functions, it'll only result in about a 0.01 degrees Celsius drop by 2050. So in addition to these nature-based solutions, the UN has called for a green pandemic recovery. And this is basically a package where the government adjusts either their uh, government spending or their tax rates in response to the effects of COVID on the economy. And this is generally known as fiscal policy or a fiscal reform. So in the green recovery, the investments that are used to get out of a recession, the recession will be utilized to decrease fossil fuel use and increase the use of clean transportation, renewable energy, and sustainable corporate practices. So this green recovery plan would uh, give us a good chance of meeting the temperature goal outlined in the Paris Agreement. Finally, the report discusses the importance of decreasing consumption. So one major contributor to emissions is aviation through like travel or even shipping. So putting money towards creating green energy uh, efficient technology is essential along with eliminating the use of fossil fuels. Another pretty surprising statistic was that two thirds of global emissions can be attributed to household consumption. So the top 1%, as we hear, or the, the richest 1% of the world population 
is solely responsible for putting out more than twice the amount of emissions than the combined emissions of the poorer 50%. Uh, that is kind of crazy. So to decrease emissions by a factor of 30, which is what is needed to reach the Paris Agreement goal, people could increase their travel by rail for domestic travel, Companies could incentivize and implement infrastructure to promote cycling or like car sharing or carpooling. Um, buildings and homes can improve their energy efficiency and policy policies need to be implemented to reduce food waste because that is a huge com- contributor as well. The Academy for Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, commonly known as the Academy, has announced that they will be awarding filmmaker and philanthropist Tyler Perry with the Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award at the 93rd Annual Oscars on April 25th. The award will also actually be given to the Motion Picture and Television Fund, or the MPTF, which will mark the first time the award has been given to two recipients. Academy President David Rubin said, There has been such widespread generosity in our industry that limiting the Herschelt Humanitarian Award to one recipient this year in particular was impossible. So we are breaking with tradition and giving two awards to honor that spirit. Tyler Perry has been a proponent of social justice and humanitarian causes since the start of his career. The Georgia native who actually flew to his home state to vote in the recent runoff since his absentee ballot was late in arriving, donated 5,000 meals to Atlanta families in need during Thanksgiving as just one of his many causes. Perry, who also won the People's Choice Humanitarian Award in 2020, established the Perry Foundation in 2006 to cause sustainable change and support neglected communities. He has donated millions of dollars to nonprofits that focus on homelessness, civil rights, national disaster aid, and the distribution of clean water. The other recipient, the MPTF, has dedicated 100 years to providing financial and emotional aid to those in the entertainment industry and has been especially necessary during this time when the industry has been hit hard. To find organizations to support in realms of education, health, agriculture, human rights, technology, arts and culture, and sustainable economic development, visit perryfoundation.org. So that is all for this episode. Um, Hope y'all were able to learn something about State the State Conference and the 2020 Adaptation Report, how important it is to um, you know, combating climate change and something fun about Tyler Perry and the work that he's doing. So thank you all for listening and make sure to come back next week. Bye. <laughs>